I'm Ben Strivens. He's John O'Scott. Hi. And together we, we watch anything. We trawl the depths of Netflix to find three films of the same genre, of the same genre, and watch them so you don't have to. I take one, he takes one, and there's one we both watch. So you'll know what's a surprise hit and what's totally... Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Yes, we are back with another slab of movies that don't come in <laughs> slabs. But it's us again. Yay. I've, got a, I've got a question for you, Jono. Oh. What do Andy Kaufman, Guy Fawkes and Stevie Ray Vaughan, oh, and Mozart, all have in common? Um... Don't know. They got to 35 and then died. Not happening to this podcast. <laughs> Very good. I don't think I ever would have got that. That's even that, that, that some research behind it. I'm quite, quite proud of that. That is good. That is good. Oh, that's... Yeah, we are. Yes, episode 35. How episode exciting. 35. Yeah. Well, I've got a slightly melancholy thing to bring up. Oh, that's a bit sad. I know. It's just... I've just found out Bradford Dillman died oh. in January. You know, our star of Bug, that yes. film we watched for the, for the Disaster Movies episode. A terrible film in lots of ways. Yes, but, but at the same we... time, quite enjoyable. Yeah, lovely Bradford Dillman, star of Piranha, and yeah. many, other, many, many, many other things. More of a oh. TV actor, but, I, you know, what a name, Bradford a name. Dillman. Yeah, seriously, one of the best names of <laughs> all time. One of the great names. Star of one of the best names of all time. <laughs> Anyway, I'm not. I, I was just a bit sad, so I thought I'd bring it up. As, oh, as thanks. I, as we a, can have yeah. a collective mourn. <laughs> yeah. You know what? At the end of the podcast, we can do a minute silence for him. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah, yeah, I'd okay, like that. Fine. Uh, other than that, apart from mourning the loss of a B movie actor, <laughs> how uh, have you been? Yeah, I've been good. I've been good. I'm very excited about this month's episode. This month. This. 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 This one, <laughs> this this one, yes, yes. This, it's not because it's not supposed to, to be roots. every month. No, no, yeah, right, right back to our roots, back to show one, mm. back to the world of the creature feature, which is, yes. um, to be honest, a place I quite like to be. Yeah, I mean, when we first decided to do this podcast, I kind of, I think in my mind's eye, I kind of assumed we'd be doing creature features basically every week. You know what? And and when I blithely took our. Um, lovely re- listener suggestion from Will, mm. I um, I thought, you know what? I am going to be just swamped. I'm not going to know what to pick. And to be honest with you, the choices were fairly limited. We did... There was a novelty option, which we could have gone with, where I was... I did sort of mooch it at you, where we could have watched all five Sharknadoes, which do get increasingly stupid, and I still think maybe we should keep that under our hat for a holiday special or something. Yeah, but... I do. I, I ju- it just feels too... Like, it just everyone knows that they're there. Everyone knows that they're a bit silly. People probably dip into them and go, hoo, 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 for a bit, yeah. and then turn them off. I but don't feel like we're needed five, there. I'm just thinking, maybe there's one good one. Yeah, or good at point. least one not as bad as the other one ones. Yeah. But we didn't do that. So I, I, I searched around and I looked, and frankly, there weren't that many out there. The Beast of the Bering Sea came up. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, you know, Jono watched that last time. And then um, the uh, Snakehead Swamp came up. I was like, yeah, no, definitely already seen that as well. Um, And then you sort of go, oh, click through. What else? Oh, oh, not not that much. And I I expect it to be way more sort of sci-fi channel 
beasties and nonsense, even a bunch of werewolf picks or something. Well, uh, what I'm always slightly disappointed by is that there aren't more sort of rubbish 50s B-movies on there. But yeah. I say that, and I don't know whether anyone here, because we also are on, you know, look at Prime sometimes. And Prime is, I think, f- swamped to a fault with B-movie, C-movie, D-movie, oh E-movie rubbish. Word. And it just makes it really annoying to look through, because don't, you get this with Netflix a bit, but with Prime there's just so much yeah, crap look, I'm not on sure. There. We talked about like expanding this show to cover Prime, and maybe one day that will happen. But frankly, it's too big a swamp to drain right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is, I started I watching something, they keep sort of, and they can't help using the word cult. Well, it's cult classic and everything. Like, it's not a cult classic. It's just rubbish. <laughs> and as well, that's the thing. When you look at one crap thing, it keeps suggesting loads more yes. crap things. Yeah, that's yeah. what's really irritating. <laughs> anyway, so, we're in creature features. Let's get back features. to the point. We're in creature um, features. So, like I say, there weren't that many to choose from. However, we did choose three. So, Jono. Yes. Go on then. Slap me with your creatures. Okay. I had viral uh, that's weird. <laughs> I had viral. It's called a virus, John. <laughs> that was really weird. Um, yeah, my my film's viral. It's uh, quite a recent film from 2016, mm. and um, I'm going to say right now from the poster, I was quite jealous that I that I said you mm. take this one. Yes, well, so I was up the, up the alley of things. I mean, I love early Cronenberg, mm. and yes, anyway, exactly. I'll be quiet. Yeah, v- very shivers. Um, anyway, okay. So what I'm going to do is just give you the the, the setup and a little bit of the plot, mm. and then I'll tell you all about it. So it, it, it's it's set in a kind of slightly sort of backwatery town in. I, it felt to me like New Mexico or somewhere like that, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where it is. It's just yeah. in America somewhere. And there's this girl played by Sophia Black Delia. I think that's how you say her name. Anyway, she's new Not to Black the area. Delia. No, but it's very like that, and she oh, okay. gets quizzed about that all the time, apparently. Anyway, yeah. she she's playing a sort of sweet, slightly socially awkward girl who obviously hasn't been in town that long. And sure. she has a sister who's at the same school, who's slightly older, a bit more sort of sassy. And um, and she and the sassy sister's got this disreputable boyfriend, played by Machine Gun Kelly. Are you aware of Machine Gun Kelly? I the very ra- much know the name Machine Gun Kelly. I, I don't know if I own any of his output. No, well, I, I didn't, I didn't know who he was before watching the film, so I'll, I'll move on because he's just a supporting character. But it's also anyway, a but... name from the past as well, isn't it? it? Wasn't Machine Gun Kelly some kind of like third? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He was, um, but this, and I don't mean that. Well, I mean the, no, the he, modern star. Yes. <laughs> um, anyway, the nervous sister. Oh, she also she she has this. There's this nice sort of seeming boy who lives opposite her, um, who she quite fancies. Anyway. And the household is being held together by a father who's also a biology teacher at the school. And he's Lovely. played by Michael Kelly. Remember Michael Kelly? He plays CJ in the Dawn of the Dead remake. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Fantastic, dude. I really like him. Anyway, and the mother is away from the household and you just know that there's been some problems in the household. Um, it, it comes out during the film. But anyway, yeah. in the opening credits, you hear news anchors talking about this, this virus that's sweeping basically the world. It seems to have come mm-hmm. from China. They're not quite sure. And they're calling it worm flu because it's flu, but it, and yet it seems to be spread by... It seems to be connected with these sort of parasitic worms and it's spreading quite rapidly and the news is getting bad and then fairly early on one of the characters is looking at a YouTube clip which seems to show a incident happening with a sort of blood spitting, a bit like the the way the rage spreads in 28 Days Later. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Anyway, and when the, the horror dam breaks when her best friend at school suddenly gets sick during this class mm. and there's some strange behaviour first, she gets all sick and then she vomits blood and the situation fairly rapidly goes south and the sisters are stuck at home, the town is placed under quarantine, the dad has left by this point to go and, you know, he's just trapped out of the plot for a while. But he is a biologist, which could come into play later. Well, exactly. And and it's this sort of this wormy parasite that seems to control me. And I'm going to leave it there in terms of plot. I'm, I'm still... This is everything I hoped it was going to be so far in terms of plot. <laughs> good, good. Well, um, in the zombie episode, we both talk quite a lot about how sick we are of zombie films. And this is very much like a zombie film, but without zombies. Although it is quite like zombies, but it's not zombies. So I quite enjoyed it because it was like, yay, a zombie film, but not quite a zombie film. So it didn't feel like the same old zombie film, if you yes. know what I mean. Because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like a zombie film with a bit of Invasion of the Body Snatches, a bit of 28 Days Later and a bit of Shivers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a sort of like a mashup of all of those. And the way it progresses, the way they paint the picture of this small community sort of like being taken over by martial law and stuff, it's all sort of fairly well done. Yeah. But at the same time, it is a bit like a million other zombie outbreak films you've seen. But the second th- the, the thing is, the way I felt about it was that the script is far from sort of horrible. You know, it's, it, they, they build up the characters quite nicely. They're not sort of hugely memorable, but they're fairly well drawn. They're not just, you know, they're not really two dimensional. They're pretty yeah. good characters you can believe in. And they're relationships you care about. It is never ever scary though I mean oh. not once it's got a but, couple yeah, then, of jump but again, scares but you watch creature feature movies kind of thing to be no, scary or is this no, actually it, really a creature feature movie but there's worms maybe definitely no exactly I didn't feel so I, I, I wasn't expecting to be scared and I wasn't scared yes. so yeah exactly no I totally agree um, I felt <sighs> the thing is it's just, it's so okay <laughs> oh no it, it's not I wouldn't just call it a mare because I didn't hate watching it, but afterwards, yeah. the thing was, I finished watching it a few days ago, and then as today we were preparing for the podcast, I was sort of sitting down to sort of like get my thoughts together, and I honestly couldn't remember a thing. Honestly, I, I was just like, it was like trying to remember oh. a dream. You oh, know when I you try and picture thing. a scene and like it goes through your fingers, you can't picture yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, and, I, and so it's kind of okay, but it's so unmemorable in lots of ways. Now, it's written by um, this guy called Christopher Landon, mm-hmm. who, who's got a few um, credits to his name, but one of the things he wrote was that rear window knockoff, Disturbia. Did you ever see oh, that? Oh, I never saw it, no. Oh, well, I did, and it was perfectly passable in this really forgettable way. Right. And that's, and, and that's exactly what this is. It's perfectly passable but in a very forgettable way. I did not hate it. It's just, mm. it's just, it's just, it's not much to get your teeth into, you know? It's just yeah. like, I think it partly actually it's because of the leads. The, the nervous sister and her quite sweet boyfriend were fine, but they're a bit of a charisma vacuum or it might be that their characters are just slightly, they're just conduits for the plot to go through, if you know what I mean. Yes. You know, some of the, the peripheral characters were in fact more interesting. And, um, yeah, and I suppose the only thing, and I haven't even got a proper... Best line, worst line. Oh, no. All I've got for a best line, worst line, and it is a good one, is this classic bit where there's there's a classic teen party in this. They shouldn't be having a teen party because the town is on lockdown, but they do have a teen party and they're all gathered. They just do. Oh, and it's just it's just that you know that thing where they they obviously just get actors to dance to some music and then change whatever. Yes, well, they usually get them to not dance to anything. No, right. Well, exactly. Well, the 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 the. 
it just looks so out of sync. You know, it's just really <laughs> obvious. They all look terrible. There's this particular bit when they, when they first walk into the party, they've got sort of like slightly hip hoppity stuff going on. But there's yes. this bit when slightly more kind of music is playing <laughs> and the dancing is absolutely absurd. Uh, By the way, so that's for anyone best line not watching mine. Jono, which is anyone else into this podcast, he just did the devil horns as he, uh, as he did that. And uh, yeah, and I haven't really got much more to say. It's only an hour and 25 minutes long. It does now stay its welcome. It's directed by um, Ariel Shulman, who, you know, the star and director of Catfish, and has yes. since done all those paranormal activity sequels. Well, this is the thing Henry I was going to say. So, um, uh, Blumhouse Productions, right, okay. is paranormal activity, Insidious, okay, The Gift, Creep, and um, most successfully for them, Whiplash and Get Out. Right. But okay. basically, almost like nowhere near as trashy as. Corman, but a, a very much a low budget horror kind of um, churning mm. around studio. Yeah, and this felt churned out, but at the same time, there's you could see there was money behind it. You know, they had they they made it look good. It wasn't total C movie. It was sort of quality B movie, if you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah, and, and talking of honest... and C's. Oh no. Well, yeah, exactly. Sorry, yeah. Talking of B's and C's and C's, it... For any new listeners, we do rate our movies from A, which is a pretty rare commodity. You've maybe had three of those little monkeys, maybe four, yeah. all the way down to E. Um, e just being, honestly, don't watch this. And there is a Z, which you've only ever had two of for so bad it's good. So, yeah. sorry. Just wanted to put people's feet on the ground there, Jono. No, well, you're always thinking about the listeners. That's what we all love about you, dude. Um, this is a Whereas D. you hate them. <laughs> This is a D. It's not oh. a avoid at all costs. It's a. I was expecting you know, it's a, a C. It's a kind of passable D. I just don't think it is a C. I do think you, it's you a think D I'm plus. going to enjoy it when I when I inevitably go and watch this? Do you think I'm going to enjoy it? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. Right. I honestly, I find it so it's so middle of the road. You know. Well, I still might do it tonight. It's only an hour and twenty five minutes. Yeah, it's not, it is nice and short. Maybe all right, but no, no, I'm not going to change my thingy. I don't want to change it to a C just because no. you're putting pressure on me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not trying to change the grade. Okay, this isn't me being some sort of parent with a gun to the teacher's head. Give it a D. <laughs> D be damned. I'm still going to watch it. Okay. All right. Well, see, when, when we when we did this assigning of the movies, you, I, I gave you the titles. What we do, people, is one. Um, episode John picks three one episode I pick three we, there are sometimes we sort of bounce ideas around but generally we sort of come up with our first picks and this time around you said look I don't care we worked out which we were going to do for our combo film and you said I don't care which one out of um, uh, viral or the one that I got that we did so I took the one with the most stupid title which <laughs> is Killer Mermaids <laughs> yay I'd forgotten again woohoo which um, <laughs> Which, you know, has an awful lot of promise. Uh, it's uh, out of interest. It's 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 one of four titles it has. Oh, really? Yeah. That's always a bad sign. So on Netflix, it's Killer Mermaids. In other places, I've seen the poster on the internet. So it's just called Killer Mermaid. Right. Um, initially, it was called Mamula. <laughs> um, and also Nymph. And on, on IMDb, it's listed as Nymph. Are you sure that the Mermaid's Mermaid thing isn't an Alien Aliens type sequel problem oh, that you've no. missed? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, this Great one was directed by Cameron. The other, no. Um, <laughs> essentially, uh, the plot... Well, we, we, we start off, we see a little um, sleepy seaside town, maybe um, somewhere that looks sort of 
on the Black Sea or something. Um, and there's a couple who are running around, and it's almost like a snapshot of their day. They run around, they do stuff, they go to the market. Ha ha ha, we're young, we're free, we're single. Ha ha ha, we're semi naked. Ha ha ha. Um, and then um, the guy sort of wanders over to the water's edge because something calls him, and then he just jumps in. And then to make things quite confusing, because you think, oh, well, that's that. There's there's lots of sort of underwater shots. Go, all right. Well, this is we're straight into the world of killer mermaids here. Yeah. The girl then turns around and almost immediately gets killed by someone very much like the dude in I Know What You Did Last Summer. Oh, really? Like a fisherman dude? Yes. And you're suddenly like, oh, I really don't know what this movie is. So, hmm. basic plot is um, two girls rock up to. Um, a town in Serbia to hook up with an old college uh, boyfriend of one of them. They're from the States. He went right. to college in the States. They hook up. They're, they're going to hook up with him. One of the girls, the ex-girlfriend thinks that maybe things are back on. Um, and they, they, they rock up and he goes, Hey guys, good to meet you. And he's there with his fiance. Uh-uh. Oh, no. Anyway, they still decide to stay. They go back to his place. They all have a bit of fun. Um, and then they meet, they sort of go out the next day on the water and have a bit of fun in the water. They meet one of the fiancé's friends and they all decide that they're going to go off to this um, island that's not very far off the coast at all. You can see it, but it used to be a prison and it was occupied by the Nazis and all sorts oh, of things cool. happened. And yeah, a couple of people warn them not to go and say, it's a bad idea. And they decide to go anyway. And, of course they do. Yeah, awesome. of course they do. And all the while this is happening, occasionally there are bits of the weird fisherman guy murdering people. <laughs> right. And the old little slightly strange underwater sequence. So once they get there, they do discover the mermaid. Bracket S, close brackets. <laughs> um, and yes, uh gory things occur. Is the mermaid beautiful? At times. Ooh. It's one of those things where, you know, you see the mermaid looking all beautiful and then you see the true face of the mermaid. Wow. Because actually it's a big fangy toothy mermaid. Is it? That likes to eaty people. Although it seems entirely insatiable. Um, (laughs) Never gets full, but very skinny. Oh, interesting. Maybe it's all the swimming. She keeps herself very fast metabolism. Yeah, mermaids are absolutely (laughs) renowned for it. Um, (laughs) Thinking about mermaid digestive systems. I mean, they've been studying them for years, all those scientists (laughs) in Keep You Thinner Thon. The, uh, yeah, so basically, you you know, so what you do find out, and I will not tell you the ending, and I will not tell you the tie-in, but there is obviously a tie-in between Mr. Murdery, I know what you did last summer, the fisherman guy, and the uh, mermaid who likes to eat the people. Right. Um, so, yeah, so you, you sort of know where you are right from the beginning because, A, there's this sort of slightly bad montage and then a bit of nudity, and then the most Eurovision Song Contest dance song <laughs> um, that, goes over the, that goes over the titles. And as so then we, so we, we come out of this sort of awful, awful Euro, Euro pop, and um, we meet our two lead characters the two girls who are essentially mm. the leads and um 
one of them is walking around looking very good in a bikini and that's obviously why she's been cast to look good in a bikini because she yeah. really wasn't cast for her acting ability really um and she's meant to be from america and i did look her up she's called natalie byrne which is a very american sounding name but she did move from i think the ukraine or somewhere to america and the right. accent really hasn't gone so she still sort of is being this all-american girl with a relatively Eastern European accent. Um, and then there's Christina Kleber, who is um, also with her, who is quite American, who's her, her mate, who's her sort of more dowdy chum. Right. Um, but, but you realise, they, 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 um, they come into Serbia on this big, big cabin cruiser, you know, you know a, a cruise ship thing. And I was trying to work out what was wrong with the situation, and I suddenly realised there were no extras. <laughs> there's no one else on this there's no crew there's no other passengers <laughs> they get met by some by the sort of the weird bustly ripply ex with his fiance who's very pneumatic and you're like oh my god they just they just haven't paid for us there's about eight but you realize you watch the whole movie there's about eight people in the whole thing they did oh, not awesome. pay for a single extra it is so low budget it is uh. so 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 low budget it's painful there's like it's full of mixed media so some of it will be shot on nice digital cameras mm. and some nice lenses anything underwater they basically went i'll just strap a gopro on something <laughs> um it's from 2014 so there, you know, there's a lot of options out there and then some of the some of the nighttime the dark sequences because a few dark sequences in catacombs where they've just gone yeah uh, brian's camera sees quite well in the dark <laughs> so just use brian's camera it'll be fine it's just full of all these mixed formats and it just it's really really jarring yeah the acting is terrible the dialogue is the dialogue um it reads like someone who used to write porn has graduated to movies there's so many ludicrous setups there's a phenomenal bit after they go back to the um uh, after they go back to the ex-fiancé's mm. house, oh sorry, the yeah the the ex-boyfriend's house with the fiancé, and there's a little bit of like a little bit of wordplay, where obviously um, he hasn't told his fiancé that he used to go out with one of the girls, and there's all a bit of like there's a lot of bristling going on, Messy. and they decide to like hey you know let's cool the tension. And they just put on some really awful music. And they just, four of them, just dance around having crazy <laughs> disco time in his sitting room. Right, because that always happens. It's always like, hey, you know, it's, it, it's about six o'clock. It's time to put on the terrible music and dance around the sitting room. Yeah, no, we're going to have fun. When you're really stressed, just <laughs> having a really stressy argument, perhaps about massive debt or something, I normally put on a little bit of disco. <laughs> <laughs> that always alleviates the mood. Have a few drinks, dance around, make sure it's pretty early on in the day, and it's all going to go well. Oh, um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty awful. But at the same time, is it really, really awful? No, because you've decided to watch a film called Killer Mermaids. I was going to say, yeah, the, you're not putting me off so far. No, the big problem is, 30 minutes in, my notes say, I have not seen a mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's quite a long time for a film like this. My next note goes, an hour in, a mermaid! <laughs> it takes about an hour. Wow. That All is you fair. see before that is a murderer in wellies. And, mm. Oh yeah, this is awesome. And they go to the, they do actually acknowledge, they, they do name check, I know what you did last summer at one point. Oh, um, did they? This is an awful bit when they go to the abandoned fort, which is the island they go to, and they're saying, no one has been here for hundreds of years. And you can clearly see the tourism board plaque on the wall. <laughs> It's like this massive thing it's like explaining the fort. <laughs> but 
Uh, I mean, there, there's, a, there's a lot of badly delivered dialogue, and the dialogue mm. is pretty poorly written. I do think the worst line, though, and I do have a best line, worst line, worst line. Yay. Is, uh, when the, so the two girls, right at the beginning, the two girls are meeting this guy, the, the ex-boyfriend of one of them, and the one who isn't his ex-boyfriend, who's just a chum, he kind of picks her up, he gives her a hug, and he goes, Hey, Kelly, did you get a boob job or something? I'd swear they were smaller in college. <laughs> oh, God. And that's how I like to greet friends I haven't seen in years. <laughs> I just like to talk about their boobs. Oh my! Yeah, and she just wow. laughs it off. She goes, "Oh, Alex, you're as ever." <laughs> <laughs> it's just yeah. appalling. Look, it's a, it's a D minus. It's toilet, but if you, yeah, like even toilets have a purpose. <laughs> Fantastic, right. dude! Very good. I do want to watch that, and um, that brings us to our combo film. Yeah, something we did both watch. Now for this one. I mean, mine was 2014, yours was... 2016. 2016. We went back in time. Back to 1974. Yes, for phase four. Phase four, which is part of a sort of grand tradition and really something that I was quite excited to watch. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, it's, this is definitely a cult film. And the interesting thing about Phase 4 is that it's directed by... Saul Bass! Woo-hoo! Hitchcock's legendary title designer, awesome visual stylist, you know, a, 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 a credits list as long as you're something or other. As, as long as you're Golden Arm, dude. Oh, See? nice! what I did there? Look, he did, like, he worked on Night of the Hunter, he did the Seven Year Itch, he did, yes, as you say, the man with the Golden Arm around the world in 80 days that, like... I think Psycho. he even did some stuff with Vertigo. Psycho, yeah. Um, he designed the titles for Anatomy of a Murder. Oh my God, I love Anatomy of a Murder. Oh, yeah, um, such a good film. Um, and he also and, made Phase 4. And he also made Phase 4, which is a movie about... Ants. Ants. Killer lots ants. And lots of killer ants. <laughs> it's sort of, essentially, in a nutshell, hmm. um, it kicks off saying that, you know, ants are evolving to form communication and more complex societies more complex tasks and they these these hyper evolved ants appear to have converged on an area in the desert in New Mexico I'm not sure it's supposed to be in America although it was actually shot in Africa yeah uh, Africa and 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 in Britain in in uh, one of the famous studios I forget which mm. um but yeah right at the beginning you see sort of stars don't you and some kind of you never find out what it is but some kind of astronomical event yes. has 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 caused this unexplained happening well everyone was yeah. w- waiting for something big to happen nothing big did happen but suddenly something one, very small one guy happened. noticed that all these ants started Ants, different species of ants started meeting, communicating, apparently sort of having to moving parties. together and making decisions. Yeah, and so um, it's all about this one um, English researcher mm. who's investigating these ants, and he's helped by an American researcher who's a specialist in sort of number theory and communicating yeah. with animals. We learn that he's played by Michael Murphy. I know him from Mash, and but he's yeah, been I think Mash is the only thing I could think of, but yeah. Yeah, but anyway, he, and he's 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 been he's been working on communicating with whales or something. So he's yeah. brought in to help sort of investigate the ants, and um, and they basically set themselves up in this weird sort of pod, and uh, they're trying to clear, being the, weird. They clear out the surrounding people. They, yeah, that's or, right. Or yeah. so they think. Yes, um, 
and uh, yeah, they find the sort of areas of greatest ant concentration, and then they they set up a research station, almost a bit like Matt Damon's pod in The Martian. Yes, yes, yeah, good call. Thanks. And um, yeah, and and the sort of the th- but basically because as Ben says, there's this family. Well, you didn't say this, but there's this family of people that don't. I alluded move out. to it. Yes, and they get sort of um, rumbled Home, by the, the ants. Sort of, they're sort of homesteaders, if you will. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because um, they, they, they have this great defence mechanism they've decided to put up against the ants by just <laughs> entirely surrounding their property with a with a moat of gasoline, which is just, sounds like a brilliant idea. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, because yeah, because basically their horse gets eaten. So there's this kind of yeah. like, the big action sequence in ways of the whole film is that this horse um, gets shot because it's being attacked by ants. Then yes. their house is sort of breaking because it's being eaten by ants, and then they set fire to the moat. So, and which doesn't really deter the ants. You know, because, hey, the ants are already in town. It's a bit late. Yeah. And, and then, then, they, 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 then they, they run away and their hair's full of ants and they crash yeah. and um, yeah. badness ensues. They have a daughter, however. So they, 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 they crash. Frederick. And when the ants, they basically crash just about into the pod. Mm. Um, and when the ants are swarming them and the pod, um, the guys inside the pod, not knowing that these people are out there, sort of just hit the big button on their defence mechanism, which sprays... Essentially, I just think poison everywhere. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure it, I'm not sure if it's the ants or the or the poison that kills these kind of homesteaders. I don't really ever think they quite no. reconcile that. Bit but of both. The, the girl hides in a storm cellar anyway. The daughter yeah. hides in a storm cellar, so she doesn't get poisoned or anted. Mm. But the next day they find her and they bring her to hang out with them in the pod. Now, do you know anything about her? I know that she was married to Peter Sellers. It's Lynn. Yeah, Frederick. she's Lynn Frederick. She was yeah, yeah. Um, a British actress. Yeah, from a very young age, married Peter Sellers and was his last wife, and he died. Yeah, and unfortunately, um, I think she died of. Um, yeah, she, I mean, she sounds like she had addictions. Yeah, it sounds like she she cuts quite a depressing story, really. Yeah, when you read about her. But, yeah, and I mean, she was very young for this film. I don't know if it was her first film, but she must have been only about twenty when she made this film. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I did know I had I had clocked that. Um, Absolutely no concept of trying to do an American accent for someone who sort of lives in, <laughs> no, in, that's in the middle true. of Texas nowhere. Uh, talking just, of, just, of unconvincing things, like English. when they first t- set up the kind of the the research station, there are an unbelievable number of knobs and dials and oh lights yeah, oh, and stuff. so many lights. It, it, they do one of those <laughs> things where you know you sort of walk into a room and there are eight thousand of the same color light. You go, <laughs> yeah. Surely you can't possibly differentiate what each one of these things does. I know it was like watching a Zazie. You know, I was expecting kind of like you know some kind of airplane two style mm. gag all the time. But as well, do you remember that really unconvincing bit in Ringu? Um, the Japanese ring when he's pretending to use an editing machine and he obviously has never used one before. Yes. <laughs> there seems to be a lot of that, like rather unconvincing Lots of fiddling with knobs. <laughs> yeah. But as the movie progresses, basically mm. they are they are at siege. Yeah, with ants and with ants. Um, and the ants decide to try and um, uh, try and smoke them out almost by sort of trying to superheat the structure. Yeah. And as the, also progresses, one of the Scientists get the scientist gets bitten by an ant. The English actor Nigel the Davenport. English, Nigel Davenport gets bitten by the ant, and he starts to go increasingly insane. I mean, he's always been—he's an obsessive character already. Wasn't yes, he? throughout he's, the whole movie, he's very yeah. um, much. He doesn't care about the homesteaders when they die because he's already, uh, you know, just yeah. more focused on the ants. And yeah. so he, he becomes even more obsessive and slightly crazy and maniacal, and doesn't call in for support or to get them out of there when he can because he just wants to collect data. 
Yeah, is it? I mean, he does remind me of Brad Bradford Dillman in Bug. You know, oh, the way, yeah. you remember well, he goes yeah. sort of slightly yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of loopy. It is quite like that. Yeah, yeah. But essentially, the movie as it continues, it has quite a rising sort of feeling of claustrophobia, of tension, mm. um, and of that. It's that sort of thing about a force that you can't really combat because the mm. ants are so small and so profligate that there's no way you can you can you can win essentially. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, the the thing that first struck me about this movie is that it is the movie I've been looking for for about 30 years. <laughs> really? What do you mean? Because I remember seeing this on the TV oh, on wow. the afternoon when I was 11 or 12 or something, and I could not remember for the life of me what it was, but I remember it kind of quite scaring the pants off me. Oh, and wow. all I could remember was these enormous monolithic towers. Oh yeah, cool. Because which, the is, ants which is the weird thing that massive... the ants have built. Yeah, yeah we should and then, explain. And uh, and as soon as they came on the screen, I was like, "Oh my god, that's what it is! This is <laughs> oh, the movie great. I've been looking for." Like, there's about three or four quest movies I can remember bits of as a kid, and I kind of have found out most of them what they are. And this was one of them. this was like this was like putting in that final piece of the jigsaw. It was an enormous, yeah, yeah. full-bodied like sigh of like, "Oh, it's phase four. <laughs> that's really cool, man. I'm yeah, really it glad. was. Awesome. It was awesome yeah. for that. Um, otherwise, <laughs> what did you think? Well, I, right, I've watched this twice. Mm, me too, actually. And the first time, I must be honest, I, I, I was really in the mood for it because I thought, yeah, this is, this is just what I wanted for, for We Watch Anything. Yeah. Cult land. Uh, I, it, it was trying my patience. The mm. second time I watched it, I was really quite enjoying it. Because, I mean, basically, you know what it sort of reminds me of? It reminds me of those Quatermass films. Yes. As in, yes, yes, yes. crossed with a bit of Space Odyssey. As in, there's lots yep. of ripe dialogue, stupid-ass science that doesn't really make any sense. Yep. 70s as you like. As 70s as you like. And basically... The most 70s ending you could think of. Yeah, just, I mean, really not very good in lots of ways, but... I definitely, like I say, the second time I was just giggling at certain bits that I shouldn't have really oh, been giggling at. I just really quite enjoyed it. I but really as well, it's it. nice and short. It's really nice and short. It's only an hour and like twenty-five minutes or something. It's great. It does exactly what you want it to do. It does, what, yeah. I don't know, it does exactly what I want it to do. If I wanted to watch, if someone said to me, "Do you want to watch a seventies horror movie about sentient ants attacking <laughs> a small pod of scientists?" I would say yes every day of the week and then I would sit down and I would watch this movie and go, that is exactly the sort of thing I was after. If you know what you are letting yourself in for, it's called Phase 4. It has a picture (laughs) of a massive ant on the front of it. There is nothing hidden about this. And then you go, oh, cool, it's directed by Saul Bass. And the only thing, as far as I can, I would say, that's negative about it is it was directed by Saul Bass, who, as much as I love his work for... Um, Hitchcock and stuff. He spent far too long cutting close-ups of ants. Into yeah, this well, movie. exactly. And I think there are just hours of ponderous bits right at the beginning. Oh, it starts with a really long sequence of ants. Sequence of ants. I'm trying. I just don't care. Just, just give me, show me anything else. Or show me a picture of a fish. Show me a <laughs> yeah, ice cream, no. a unicorn, anything. I just think that's exactly picture of a, another extreme close-up of ants. That was exactly what I found, and I think that's why I didn't enjoy it because that tried my patience to mm. such a degree at the beginning that I got onto a bad start with it but when I watched it for the second time I was like oh yeah I remember this bit it's just loads of ants oh no yeah. I'm getting to the good bit and I was just much more uh, yeah it was so much more enjoyable the second time but I, I read a review like from Variety from back in the 70s mm. and the Variety thing said um, it did it does it did describe like the interminable segment inside an anthill at the beginning <laughs> but it sort of said the photography was really poor quality and I just think 
that's a bit harsh. I mean, I know he overuses it. Yeah. But they were, I mean, they were pretty good quality, like, close-ups yeah. of ants. Yeah. I thought. Especially for their time, you know. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, I think that was the thing. I think probably what it was, I think basically they hadn't, they needed a slightly better script. They needed a bit more yes. stuff. And they probably just were in the editing room, just thought, oh, we haven't really got enough here. Let's just put in another five minutes of ant footage because the ant footage looks really like, good. If it was just a sore basting of him just going, I'm quite used to static stuff. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, did you have any best line, worst lines? No, I didn't, actually. I just... Oh, uh, man. Well, I thought I'd leave this one to you. Because oh, I I've just... got... <laughs> I, they were... I've got quite a few. For a start, you know, we described the farmer whose horse has just been killed, whose house, yeah. whose moat's been set on fire, whose house has been destroyed by ants, and he's driving away with his very freaked out wife, saying, we should have left earlier. And he says, relax, or something. And he's just like, what? You just had your house eaten by ants. Don't say relax. You I've just set man. a moat of gasoline on fire. <laughs> and the least shot a horse. Thing ever. And there's, um, there's just another good bit when... Uh, I just I, there's a bit when a whole load of ants get killed by falling masonry or something. I can't remember how it happens, but there's just there's a kind of funeral scene for loads of ants where there's like rows of deceased ants and mournful yes. music and violins. And I just think this is my new favourite bit of film. <laughs> I love it. Uh, it's just fantastic. And yeah, and um, there was one other bit because the the English guy, the professor, mm. does get annoyingly professorial. You know, yes. and there's just a particularly good professorial bit where the mass guy, the American guy, go, is looking at some ants and he just goes, "Little sons of bitches!" And the annoying professor goes, "Ah, ah, ah! No, no, no! They're not individuals. They're individual cells, tiny functioning parts of the whole." And then he just rambles on and on for ages. We <laughs> just like, "Shut up!" You no, I, I was just, I was just making a small comment. I yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I loved it. I really enjoyed it. I'm no, glad I, you I did too. too. Yeah, it's, it's what, what what grade would you give it? Oh, it's a really hard one, isn't it? Because mm. it's it's sort of in sea land, but mm. it's a strong C. It's a C plus for me. Mm. I think. Yeah, I think I'm kind of the same because I I don't think it is very good, but as you can hear, no, but it was I was, really I, fun. I'm wholeheartedly recommending you watch this mm. again if you like this kind of thing. Mm. Go and watch it. Because you will, it's just it's something to have in the repertoire. It's something to you know. It's like yeah. having what like them or Bug or you know just it just um, but, it's one of those things you just should have watched. Go and see it. Make yeah. sure you see it. Don't, yeah, don't yeah. go and see it. Stay and see it. Cause it's on Netflix. Ooh. You can just stay right where you are. And it's written by Mayo Simon, who is the oh father, yes, I was going to bring that up. The father of Francesca Simon, who writes the horrid Henry books. Oh, I didn't know that. I just thought mm-hmm. it was interesting that it was like Simon Mayo's name in the other. No, yeah. Um. The only other thing to note about this <laughs> is that, you know, at the end when the movie finishes on Netflix oh, yeah, yeah. And, it's, and it recommends things. Oh, yeah. And it says, more like this. And one of the things it said, more like this, despicable me too. <laughs> I thought, yeah. <laughs> no. This people is not at all oh. like despicable me too. It's a lot less funny. And there are far fewer fart guns. Um, so don't listen to Netflix on that one just go and watch Phase 4 if you want some anti-horror mm. from the 70s yeah. with too many close-ups oh, what are we going to do next? well that's the question what are we going to do next Jono? we are going to last longer than those people I reeled off at the beginning we will make it to episode 36 <laughs> and for episode 36 it's your choice yes and I had an idea of doing coming of age movies 
That sounds like it could be quite sad. <laughs> no, no. no, I'm up for it. Coming of age is good. I, I like. I mean, that can. I mean, that that sort of dips its toe in the water of dystopia sometimes. Well, exactly. But as well, I mean, you can have coming of age. I mean, look at Zombieland. That's kind of coming of age. Yeah, but yeah. It happens absolutely. to be a zombie oh, comedy I, as well. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to spread the I'm net. I'm loving wide. the breadth of your thinking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I think it'd be boring if we have three serious dramas. Oh yeah, yeah. no good. So Probably, yeah. yeah, I'll choose three and I'll get back to you. That sounds marvellous. Until that next episode, lovely people, please do feel free to scour Netflix yourself for something you'd like us to watch, or a genre. Just pick something out of your brain and get in touch. At We Watch Anything on Twitter is your best bet. We Watch Anything at gmail.com will still get looked at. <laughs> and um, and Facebook.com slash We Watch Anything uh, will get more information soon. Get in touch. Leave us a review on iTunes, please, because it's lovely. We've had a few of those, and really, you've said some wonderful things, and it helps us pump us up the charge. It'll keep us, hopefully, in that binge-worthy section, which is a nice place to be. It is a nice um, place to be. And frankly, uh, we just like to hear from you. And we will always, as, you know, this this week was a listener-generated suggestion, we always try and accommodate you guys. And it also means you don't have to think too much. Yep. Now, until next time, thanks for listening. It's been a pleasure talking at you, as ever. It has. It's Thank goodbye you. from Jono. Bye. And, and it's goodbye, goodbye from, from Benjamin. Oh. Bye. Oh, God. That was awkward. At this. <laughs>